Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, in a piece of news, maybe not so much news after what Mike Kliss reported on Saturday, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler dropped something that was kind of interesting. I want to read this real quick, and then I want your thought. Actually, Just tell me your thoughts, and then I'll read it to everybody for posterity, what he said, narrowing it down to two, and then he kind of hedged on that later on. I mean, that's I thought that's always been the assumption, is that it's down to two candidates, and one of those is Dan Quinn, and the other is more, I would think, Nathaniel Hackett or an offensive, maybe Kellen Moore, um, but it could be Jonathan Gannon, who reportedly wowed the Broncos in his interview. They love his leadership. Some around the NFL believe he would be a better head coach than defensive coordinator. I don't know how that works, but yeah, that's what Fowler's saying here. He's kind of piggybacking off Mike Kliss that uh, George Payton spent today contacting the candidates who didn't get the job and informing them that they didn't get the job. So... We don't really know uh, who's in play yet, officially. But what I was saying to you before, what Fowler says, his last line, this leaves room if they want to add a third. There's only one candidate that's still playing right now in a game. That would be Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs OC. So maybe they're seeing how tonight's game shakes out. But I feel like if they're going off one game, that would eliminate Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze, for that matter, considering how bad Green Bay looked against the 49ers. But I still... Think it's going to be Dan Quinn more than likely. Everyone is saying that. All the tea leaves are pointing to that. But the Jonathan Gannon news is surprising and quite frankly disappointing. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets yeah if it's jonathan gannon 
uh, good luck selling that to the fan base. Even Dan Quinn would be, Zach, a very d- difficult sell. Yep. But I Agreed. think from a PR perspective, you could get people excited if if you nailed the offensive coordinator hire, which I would assume, like your article from last week, probably be like a Luke Getze or something like that from a juicy offensive juggernaut type team that's getting a, a hand up. But still, even Dan Quinn, Zach, I feel like would not excite this fan base. It would not create that feeling within Broncos country that, you know what, when George Payton put a guarantee on himself that I promise you I'm going to get this right, it's not. It's going to ring counter to that if Dan Quinn gets hired. And that's not to take, Zach, anything away from Dan Quinn because, you know, we, we've sang his praises on this podcast. We know he is a very, very good coach. We know that he is a well-respected players coach across the league. And we know that if he were to be hired by the Denver Broncos, he would come in here and he would change the culture. But then you get back into that same familiar kind of cycle of, you know, bumping up against your own limitations, which we saw him do in Atlanta after Kyle Shanahan left. Although for what it's worth, Dan Quinn's offenses weren't as bad as perception would lead you to believe post Kyle Shanahan, but Jonathan Gannon, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, dude. Like I get it. He is, uh, he has been like a, uh, like a, just a dynamic dude in these interviews, but you're tri- it's risky. It's too risky. Your last two head coaching hires, defensive guys, first time defensive guys, first time head coaches as defensive minded guys, you got to err away from that, uh, propensity to, to follow suit. I mean, that's, it's just not smart for this team right now. Uh, to the point about Quinn's time in Atlanta, I know he gets a lot of flack for the OC hires and much of it deserved, but he also had Matt Ryan in his prime. I mean, it's pretty easy to win when you have a player, and Julio Jones for that matter, and I think Devontae Freeman back then, all mm-hmm. playing at optimum levels. It makes it easier on a defensive head coach, but at least from George Payton's point of view, you can sell Quinn as a head coach who has experience and who has been to a Super Bowl. How the hell do you sell Jonathan Gannon, who's had one year of coordinating experience in Philadelphia and where did Philly rank defensively this season middle of the pack top you know 16 top 19 why would that be the choice it's too Zach it's too Vance Joseph right it's too Vance Josephian I don't know how you would say that because if you can think back I'm talking about Gannon here think back to when BJ was the the head coaching hire in 2017 Zach he had one less than impressive year as a coordinator in the league and he's doing it in Miami all right again 2017, but he was just this dynamic dude that everybody thought, wow, in the interviews, this dude's going to be it. He's the next young up and coming guy. And oh, how he misled people on that front. It smacks to me too much of that same kind of VJ energy. And you think Peyton wouldn't go for that again? You think he'd look back on the Broncos' 2017-2018 seasons that were marred by Vance Joseph and would kind of go in the opposite direction? It's not my first choice, Dan Quinn. I mean, I could eventually get behind it, assuming, like you said, he nails the OC hire, whether it's Getze, Mike McDaniel, another assistant around the NFL. If he hits a home run with the OC, I can get on board. I would not at all get on board with uh, Jonathan Gannon. I still trust Peyton to make the right call, but that would, as I mentioned on KK earlier today, and I appreciate anyone who joined me on that, it would take a lot of the luster off of the George Payton bloom if he went with Gannon, and to a lesser extent, Dan Quinn. 
all of Broncos country, or should I say 90%, and you guys can vouch in the comments for me, they want an offensive coach. They want to go against the grain for once, and they have a nice pool of candidates. Chad, the next time they look for a head coach, they might not be this deep of candidates. I mean, every single major offensive coordinator or, or those who have a hand in the best offenses in the league, those those are the people that they can pluck from. And you're going to choose either a retread defensive mind or a first-time head coach who led one of the more middling defenses in the NFL. Um, Peyton would be on notice from that point forward if you take that much of an extreme gamble and go with Jonathan Gannon. Well said. Let me, uh, let's grab Christian real quick, and then I want to circle back to the topic of Mike Kliss carrying some water for the Broncos in the event of an eventual Dan Quinn hire. I'll explain to you what I mean by that. But first, let's grab Christian De Jesus. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super chat. He says, do you expect Nathaniel Hackett to get a second interview and get hired on the spot by the Broncos in the coming days? So you don't get a second interview and then get hired on the spot. The thing I would say here, Zach, is, is are there going to be any second interviews? Yeah. And if so, who's it going to be? Nathaniel Hackett, I would be shocked. Like, let's let's just take what Fowler said earlier today on face value. If it's down to two guys and then he hedged and said a few, whatever, let's say it's two. I'd be shocked if it's not Hackett and Quinn. Well, there's also the matter, and I wrote about this for Heavy earlier today, that Dan Quinn has an interview tomorrow with the Giants. And why that's important is because he's from New Jersey. He had a Lawrence Taylor poster on his wall as a kid, Dan Quinn. Be a homecoming, and I think he'd be a great fit for that culture with the Giants. That's who they need. So it might be a case where George Payton is waiting to see if he takes that job, and if he doesn't, he would offer Quinn the job. But in my mind, based on how well Nathaniel Hackett interviewed reportedly, it's got to be him and Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn should for now remain the favorite to get the job. I just take it as a an omen so strong that you risk literally looking that gift horse in the mouth that Nathaniel Hackett referenced stepbrothers when he had the opportunity to interview with the Broncos and his quarterbacks coach. Like to me, it's that's the universe, man. There, the the football universe is is beating George Payton over the head with a two by four. But check this out, Zach. So again, this to me smacks what I'm about to read. Up. Where to go? Smacks of Mike Kliss carrying some water for the Broncos in the event Dan Quinn gets hired. So in this article yesterday, Kliss, God bless him, reached out for comment to the former, I don't know, boss of Dan Quinn slash partner, Thomas Dimitrov, the GM, the longtime GM of the Atlanta Falcons. And here's what he said, quote, this is Thomas to Kliss, quote, there have been people who have had second chances who have done unbelievable stuff. Right. Well, wow. that's not that's not what a strong it. endorsement. I think Dan can be a Super Bowl championship winning coach. Knowing Dan, George's personality would really jive with Dan. I want to say there's one more. Let me see if I can find it. Um, uh, maybe not, but either way, um he's not wrong in that a lot of the most successful coaches are second go-round guys, at least in Bronco Canon. I mean, with the exception of Dan Reeves, Mike Shanahan. Gary Kubiak, John Fox. I understand that. I really do. In the case of Dan Quinn, though, I just, I'm too nervous about would he know what he's doing offensively? It would be a different animal, Zach, if this was like John Fox circa 20, uh, similar to John Fox circa 2011, where he came in, 
and it was a no quarterback team. They didn't have a proven entity under center, but got lucky one year later when Peyton Manning came here. When Peyton Manning came to Denver, that kind of saved the tenure of John Fox. Dan Quinn doesn't have that, and there's no guarantee he would get that, whether it's this offseason in the form of an Aaron Rodgers or Russ Wilson or some, or next season. I, I think if you're going to hedge on the worst-case scenario, if you're George Payton and you go, look, the next guy we bring in, Zach, he's got to be able to – help us find and develop the next franchise quarterback for this team. Who's going to give us the best chance to do that? It's not Dan Quinn. When's the last time the Broncos won a championship with a defensive minded head coach? I mean, it's just, just follow the, I don't want to say it, follow the data, you know, follow the history and, and just, and get with the current times. I mean, you have a chance to really, reset the franchise and quite quickly they have a playoff caliber roster and if you nail the coaching hires who and, and they'll make everyone better including the quarterback whoever that may be you have a playoff team but I think you'd be regressing by going with Dan Quinn if that's the best that Dimitrov can say about him he could be as notice what he said Super Bowl championship winning because he blew it 28 to 3 the only time he got there and I feel like if you can't get it done then if your team is so mentally soft they would blow the biggest lead in Super Bowl history when you have Matt, he, I mean, Scott even put it in the side chat, Chad. He also had Calvin Ridley, but they had Matt Ryan. They had Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones, all playing in their primes. If you can't get it done then, you can make the case that would Dan Quinn get it done in Denver? I have my my doubts. There's no Matt Ryan uh, in his prime waiting here. There's no um, Peyton Manning coming around the corner in a year, or at least that we can tell with our – I mean, the odds are next to nil, right? Uh, Clayto Tornado, what's good, big dog? He says, what's up, dudes? First off, thanks for following me, Chad, on Twitter. Uh, second off, what does Aaron Rodgers consider to be a rebuild? Because Denver is somewhere in the middle. So, Zach, and thank you, buddy. You got it. Let's take a quick uh, second and um, kind of paraphrase some of the things here. What did Aaron Rodgers say last night after the Packers were upset uh, unceremoniously by the Niners that has people kind of trying to interpret it? it's a little bit mysterious. What did he tell? What did he say? He said a lot. Uh, basically the cliff notes is that he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. If he does play next year, if he doesn't retire and based on his body language, walking off the field and kind of the way he worded certain things, he said, you know, he'll take some time to talk with the people around green Bay, the execs there, his coaches and make a decision in some time. He also thanked the organization, which I thought was weird for someone who's still under contract for 2022. Um, but no decision yet. I think it can go either way. There's certainly a chance he's out of Green Bay, but it's, there's also a chance he can walk away. But as you can see right there, he doesn't want to be a, be a part of a rebuild. And he also questions whether Green Bay can win a Super Bowl under the current regime with Matt LaFleur. Um, I don't know. We won't know for a couple weeks because he doesn't even know what he wants to do yet. And he said as much uh, last night. The shock is still, last night anyway, was yeah. still fresh. Here's a little bit more. Quote, I did not think we'd be talking about this after this game, but, you know, I'm going to take some time and have conversations with the folks around here and then take some time away and make a decision, obviously before free agency or anything like or anything kind of gets going on that front. But it's fresh right now. Shocking for sure. I haven't really let the moment sink in. So Aaron Rodgers, back to back to the topic of uh, the super chat here, Zach. How far are the Broncos away from a true rebuild? Because if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, I think you are still staring full in the face. Old-fashioned, do-it-the-right-way rebuild. 
But if you get Aaron Rodgers, this is a team similar to the one Peyton Manning landed on in 2012, where you're kind of loaded for bear out of the gates. You've got all the weapons that Peyton Manning had offensively, all right, generally speaking, arguably better weapons even that Peyton had, right? Because Peyton had Demarius Thomas, who was under, under – uh, he was still in chrysalis a little bit. He hadn't fully popped into the stud that he was going to become. Eric Decker, he had to wait an additional year before Julius Thomas popped because Julius was injured all of 2012. Jacob Tammy, tight end to kind of make him feel a little better. Brandon Stokely, old Brandon Stokely to kind of make him feel a little bit better. And no Sean Moreno. Well, I guess throw in Willis McGahee too, right, 2012. That was enough for Peyton Manning to just take the league by storm. 2022, Zach. Aaron Rodgers would have Cortland Sutton, pro bowler, already out of the gates. Aaron Rodgers would have a leg up on what Peyton Manning inherited because he'd have already a proven pro bowler, a wide receiver. A first-round pick in Jerry Judy just waiting to be led to stardom. Uh, One of the better possession receivers in the league, Tim Patrick. Two dynamic tight ends, one of which is a first-round pick, Noah Fant. And that running back, I mean, frick. Pookie Williams. So I think this is a team that with Aaron Rodgers and look at what they, the Broncos have on defense, you get the right head coach, namely the guy who's been coaching him in Green Bay on offense for the last little bit. And you could go from zero to 60 pretty dang fast. It's not a rebuild in Denver if you're looking at it from Aaron Rodgers perspective. People really underestimate the effect that coaching can have. When you have Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFC title game and Garoppolo, who's already been to a Super Bowl, you don't really need an all-star quarterback. And my point in saying that is the Broncos aren't that they're closer to contending for a title than I feel like they're closer to a full-scale rebuild. They have the number one or whatever, number two, number three scoring defense. They have stars everywhere on that side of the ball. On offense, you mentioned the supporting cast. You put better coaching than Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer and a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. This is a double-digit win team, easy. I don't know that Rodgers meant that about a suitor like Denver or more so about Green Bay, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what they have going forward, stocking in the cupboard-wise. You know, they have Jordan Love at quarterback. I don't think he's a franchise guy based on what I've seen. And I think, uh, honestly, I think Rodgers has questions about the coaching with Matt LaFleur. I, I don't think that he thinks that LaFleur can win a Super Bowl as it currently stands. It's questionable. It, it obviously is questionable. Let's grab the uh, update here on where we stand on Facebook. Our goal in the month of January is to reach 250,000 stars. When we do, we are going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choice. We're at 63%, so we got a little ground to uh, cover if we're going to hit goal. And the only people in the running for that raffle are obviously those who contributed to the goal. And Facebook makes it easy on us, Zach, by uh, keeping track of that. Jacob Foster, going to have the most tickets in the hat if it were to end today. Michael Ronquillo, Rodney Garcia, Miguel. Doug Raquel, Travis Weber, Shane Daniels, Andrew Baker, Peter Middleton, Jermaine Daughtry, and then guys like Tarbox, Mark Schrader, who's relatively new to our community, at least as a, as a supporter, Josh, etc. So appreciate each and every one of you. Let's grab David Kilgore, a longtime Super Chat superstar here at MHH. It's great to see you, my friend. He says, is Kellen Moore out of the running then? I was hoping for him. Well, Zach, if we go back to the Mike Kliss article, he obviously centers the two kind of leaders in the clubhouse on Quinn and Hackett. 
but then kind of the best of the rest to plausibly sell it, I think, to fans that, look, we're still considering about half the people that we interviewed. He included Jared Mayo or Gerard Mayo, pardon, uh, Moore and Gannon. So we've already basically talked about why Gannon be very concerned, very risky move for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Gerard Mayo is a guy great for, as a defensive coordinator hire. That's the next thing for him, I believe, Zach. But where do you think things stand with regard to Kellen Moore? Yeah, I don't think he's in the running. Um, I'm not sure that I see a full three sides of the ball leader of men head coach in Kellen Moore. And especially for what George Payton's looking for, the leadership aspect and the, I think the vocal ability to reach all players, no matter the side of the ball, I don't think Kellen Moore has that. And, you know, as close as, as I am to the Cowboys, I haven't heard much from Kellen Moore's interviews or interest in him. I think he's going to stay in Dallas for one more year. If there's a coordinator that's going to leave, it's going to be Dan Quinn. So the third guy in this running, if there is a mystery third behind Dan Quinn and presumably as they missed the extra point in Kansas City, presumably Nathaniel Hackett, it's got to be uh, either Gannon or someone like Brian Callahan who's doing a great job right now in Cincinnati, or maybe even Kevin O'Connell, who's doing a great job with the Rams. It's so cool that uh, the Bengals, man, two, yeah. two playoff wins, going to the AFC title game. And Callahan, interesting, interesting guy, but not among the names we're hearing from the mouthpiece. Uh, Travis Weber, good to see you, big dog. He says, good evening. I came across but did not read an article talking about Elway and Ellis having their hand in Peyton selecting our new head coach. Any truth to this? So here's where the truth, the kernel of truth that has ignited probably some weird rumors. We learned now only one of these interviews was done remotely. Everyone, uh, with the exception of Brian Callahan's interview, were in person. Uh, but whether it was an in-person interview, Zach, or as Callahan's was, Zoom. And the Broncos, you know, interview committee showed up. They would turn on a lappy, and their observing would be through Zoom, John Elway and Joe Ellis, all right? And not just to observe, but at the end of the interviews, if the candidate had any questions for those two in terms of future ownership, what's going on with this, that, or the other, they were there to make themselves available. That's it. That's where it starts. That's where it ends. I can't believe people would, would really, honestly, Zach, be surprised that Joe Ellis and John Elway, while still having their fingerprints right. on the team, would not be at least observers in these conversations. John Elway is still technically employed by the Broncos, as far as I know, so he's going to, I think, be involved as much as he can. Dude, um, you know, sorry to cut you off, but here's what's weird about what you just said. President of football operations, right? Like, you go, wait a minute. This is, we're talking about the top football executive in Denver. In Mike Kliss's article yesterday, he didn't. He referred to CEO Joe Ellis, and get this, football consultant John mm. Elway. It could, I was thinking also it could be like a favor to Peyton. Maybe Peyton went up to Ellis and Elway and said, listen, guys, would you give me your input? Can you guys be sounding boards? And to their credit, they've all held that consistently, that Elway is going to be involved. He's going to be a sounding board for Peyton as he transitions to a full-time general manager. I, I wouldn't take it uh, into too much of a concern. It's not going to be like Elway gets to handpick you know, the next VJ or Ellis gets involved with blocking a Shanahan. It's going to be Peyton's call, and all we can do is cross our fingers that he picks the right guy. Indeed. Jacob says, and thank you for the stars, my friend, anyone but KC. Yeah, we feel you. 
Although, listen, for me, as much as I would hate to see the Chiefs going on, uh, big time stars, Jacob. Thank you, bro. As much as I would hate, as as much as the next Bronco fan to see the Chiefs have success, look, at least it ain't Tom Brady who yeah. got eliminated today. They made it. They made it uh, a thing after what was it a twenty-seven-three lead that the Rams had on them. They stormed back and tied that bad boy, uh, but thanks to some clutch play calling, some clutch throws, and some clutch catching, the Rams came out on top. So I'm just glad Tom Brady isn't going to be going back to the dance. How about clutch plays from Von Miller, who is yeah. fully going back to SB 54, strip-sacking Brady. I'm so, so happy for Von. I hope he gets number two, Chad. Interestingly, according to the NBC crew uh, who talked about it tonight, he said he wants to finish his career in L.A. So those who are hoping for Vaughn to come back in 22, I wouldn't hold your breath. Yeah, I doubt it. Especially, I mean, George Payton. Whoa, Stephon Diggs is a beast. Oh, is that Gabriel Davis? What a throw from Josh Allen. Oh, my God. Josh Allen is a freaking animal, dude. He's an absolute beast. Wow. At least we had Bradley Chubb, though. <laughs> Indeed, we got the uh, best defensive player in the class. Oh, love it, dude. Let's go, Bills. Oh, I love uh, the play calling from Brian Dayball there. Not a check down, a freaking 60-yard pass. I love it. Ryan Slavic, thank you for the super chat. He says, I say let's go all in on Aaron Rodgers. I really do believe he can tear it up in Denver for a few years and maybe draft an upcoming young quarterback also. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos are definitely going to turn over that rock and see what's under it. But now, you know, the unfortunate thing about any kind of prospective trade, y'all, is the Broncos are out of the driver's seat. Like, they can drive it in terms of offering the most than, than any other potential suitors if they want. But they got to – Aaron Rodgers has to want to come here. Right. And then the Green Bay Packers have to be willing to trade him. So it's just so many things outside of the control of a George Payton that that's just not a chicken you count until uh, that, that egg is hatched. The third component is that Payton has to want to make that trade, and I don't really think he's going to surrender three first-round picks potentially uh, for a 39-year-old quarterback who hasn't gotten it done in MVP seasons back-to-back, bounced out of the playoffs. So I, I don't see Aaron coming to Denver. Even if they hire Hackett and Getze, I, I, I don't see it after what happened last night. Could be wrong. Boggins. It's great to see the Bogginmeister. What's up, big dog? He says, offense or defensive-minded, it doesn't matter. Great head coaches have their hand in everything. Kubiak, offensive-minded, uh, defensive win. John Fox, vice versa. I mean, I see your point. I really do, right? So then it comes back down to, do you trust Dan Quinn to be able to, to do what Gary Kubiak did, as an example, right? I'm not sure that I do. I could be swung on it. I could be, you know, my misgivings could be ameliorated, but it would take the right hires. It would take, you know, what ends up being the uh, solution at quarterback, you know, so many moving parts there. And not to say that Nathaniel Hackett, for example, Zach is some bulletproof um, candidate for this right. job. He'd come with some risk as well because he'd be a first time head coach and all that mm. um, that comes with that. But, Man has some juice, and so does Dan Quinn. Don't get me wrong. Quinn has some freaking juice. If you want to talk about energy and not this all the time, Ugh. right? Stop. Uh, Quinn has the juice. <laughs> Too soon? Uh, Much. But Hackett, dude, I think Hackett is a guy that, again, who's got the skins on the wall of a QB developer 
All right, look, you can't really take all that much credit for a future Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers, especially when you got there late in the man's career. But if you're the coach that coordinated Blake Bortles to two quarters away from uh, Super Bowl berth and produced his most efficient, you know, playoff caliber version of Blake Bortles, like that's a skin on the wall. Eric Bieniemy, a little bit closer to the whole, you know, Aaron Rodgers thing in terms of hey, you know, he's got a future Hall of Fame probably guy that he's been lucky enough to just be employed to coach, but not quite so uh, – I wouldn't say it's quite so black and white because Biennemi has been there from the beginning to help develop uh, Patrick Mahomes from being a very raw first-round prospect that had to sit on the bench for a year to become in the tour de force that he ultimately is now. Yeah, uh, Hackett got Blake Bortles to not look like Blake Bortles, which I think is a win in itself. Um, but I can't be hypocritical because after the Raiders snuck into the playoffs, I said it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter the most popular guy, um, highly paid guy, whatever. It has to be the right guy. So whoever Peyton picks, I'll trust him that he found the right guy. But I'm entitled to not want a certain candidate or, or prefer a certain candidate over another. I just feel like after two failed defensive-minded head coaches – and in this pool especially, it's not like they just have Zach Taylor and nobody else. They have the brightest offensive minds at their grasp. You know, they can mm-hmm. pick the pick of the litter. And I just think they need to go with that, given the opportunity for once. I think they owe it to the fan base and to the team, quite frankly, to go in that direction. Scott, I'm going to grab Miguel here, and then I want to grab this one at 619 from Leroy. Miguel says, let's say we get Hackett and Rodgers. Do we draft a right tackle and revamp the defense? through free agency. Um, what's Who are the edge rushers that? in free agency? That's what I want to know. Because if they get Rodgers and Hackett, you got to protect him, though. It won't matter who's your quarterback if he's on his back the whole time. So you got to invest in a premium right tackle. I don't care if it's Locke starting, Rodgers, Teddy Bridgewater, Kenny Pickett. you got to solidify right tackle. That's got to be a priority. It could go edge as well. I just don't know who's on the open market if I had that in front of me. Well, let's take a quick answer. look. And by the way, Leroy, I, I I don't take this lightly, my friend. He says, I've been praying for you, bro. Welcome back. Thank you. Really appreciate that. I could feel the prayers. I could feel the positive energy and uh, and juju there. So Ooh. thank you, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Cece says, Randy Gregory that would, be. would be the guy in free agency for me. Uh, here's a list of names. I hate using spot tracks, uh, spot rack, whatever. What a weird name. Uh, because their site is bogs down my browser. So I'm going to make this very, very quick. All what right? is Tyreek Hill doing? Um, Dante Fowler, unrestricted. Calais Campbell. Now, these are defensive ends, all right? Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, Akeem Hicks, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, Jadeveon Clowney, Emmanuel Ogba, William Golston, Takaris McKinley, uh, Solomon Thomas, Derek Barnett, Ryan Kerrigan, wow, who's nobody here. freaking old. Justin Houston, old. Let's see here. Let's look at outside linebacker. Well, edge. Update. Please don't crash my browser. Uh, Vaughn at the top. Nah. Chandler Jones, who's even older, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Dante Fowler. Kalias Campbell. They can write that wrong from uh, 2017, whatever it was. But- freaking Cardinals. These are all the same names, basically, after you get past Vaughn and Chandler Jones and, and, and whatnot. So um, edge is a big problem, I think, with a Hall of Fame quarterback type guy. All right. A proven franchise guy. Back to that last super chat or question. 
I think you can get by with saying we're going to draft somebody or whatever, spending a little less money um, in free agency or even seeing what you have in Calvin Anderson or whatever. If it's Aaron Rodgers, if it's a first round or if it's a rookie quarterback that you're going to be thrown into this mix, then that that changes the equation. Kilgore again, DK. If we get Dan Quinn, does that pretty much guarantee we go after Russ Wilson at quarterback since Quinn is from Seattle? No, it doesn't guarantee it. I I think it would increase their odds. But we talked about before, it's not like Quinn was personally coaching Russell Wilson two sides of the ball. And also, it goes back to the Rodgers topic. Seattle has to want to trade Russ, which I don't think they will. And Broncos have to want to acquire Russ and give up whatever, how many first-round picks and take on his contract. That's a big investment. I will tack on to the previous point, though. If they do hire Dan Quinn and and land Rodgers, Gregory would be the no-brainer to follow him from Dallas. He broke out this year under Quinn's tutelage, and that's the guy to go after. If you're going to pursue an edge guy, with that being the open market, Chad, a bunch of old uh, has-beens and Von Miller and Randy Gregory, I'm taking my chances on Gregory. The Broncos are going to have cap space. I mean, $50 million as of right now, before trimming the fat, restructuring this and that, they're going to be able to have some money to play, play around with. If they want Gregory, they can get Gregory. Moss Def. Um Let me pull up this. I don't remember who mocked. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah. Daniel Jeremiah mocked Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett to the Denver Broncos in what is his first mock of 2022 Zach what would your thoughts be of the Denver Broncos using the ninth overall pick Mm -mm. to take the first quarterback off the board I wouldn't mind Kenny Pickett I wouldn't mind him in the first round even but I'm trading down and acquiring a quarterback from this year's crop uh there's a small hands with Pickett. There's some I think uh character concerns and I I think he's gonna go to the Steelers I, I mean he's from Pitt he trains in the same training center as where the Steelers train. So it's just a, a perfect scenario for him. I wouldn't hate that at number nine. That's way too rich for my blood. You want to move down uh, to 19, let's say, and acquire a second round pick and then take Pickett. I'm all for that, but not in the top 10. No way, no how. West side Philly. He says in, and thank you for the super chat. He says in hindsight, knowing that Pat did a terrible job, how is it okay to judge Drew Locke off that? Without Pat, he's four and one. Even he even hindered our wide receivers production. First time. Look, as I've said uh, before, it's been it was before. Obviously, I had uh, the bug, so I'll, I'll remind everybody: if you swing and miss on Rodgers, and you swing and miss on Wilson, I mean, you can look at the. Uh, leavings of what else is out there. You can, there's some hopes and prayers for like a Derek Carr to get traded, or there's the Matt Ryans or Jimmy Garoppolo's or Kirk cousins. I, I, if if you miss on Rogers or Wilson, I'm saying forego all of that and look straight into the draft. If you don't see a guy that you believe is a day one upgrade over drew lock, then play drew lock one last year, or at least move forward in a, in a situation where he's got, you know, he's competing with pick the go, go sign Andy Dalton to be a veteran or whatever. Um, if it's Nathaniel Hackett as your head coach, Zach, I could trust that a lot more than if it were to be Dan Quinn. Because, guys, even though the Broncos have trade capital and draft capital and free agent dollars and all that stuff, there is no guarantee that they're going to get a quarterback that they want in terms of the trade market, free agency, and or the NFL draft, because if the draft is anything, Zach, it is unpredictable. And that's even if 
they completely fall in love head over heels uh, over one of these signal callers, which I'll believe when I see. Here's the thing. If they hire Dan Quinn, I feel like they're more apt to go with a veteran quarterback, whoever it may be, Chad, you named uh, all the quarterbacks that are going to be available pretty much. If they go with a more Callahan, Hackett, whatever, a first-time offensive mind, I think they'd be more prone to either ride it out with Drew or select a rookie quarterback some point in the first or second round. That's the way I see it shaking out. Hey, uh, shout out, Tory Tory Truman Daniels. What's good? Good to see you. Uh, Phil McLaughlin in the house, coming in late. Glad to see you back, Chad. Go Broncos. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Water off a duck's back. I'll tell you, the biggest thing for me is uh, it leaves you tired, like really tired. Even after all other symptoms are, are gone, I'm just like tired, dude, like no energy. And if you do get a little burst of energy, it fades quickly. What I have found is I have to be very, very on point with making sure I'm getting my calories in me or else uh, I feel it. But thank you, guys. You know, Chad, now that you're talking about that and, you know, as I've wished you uh, off camera, I'm, I'm very happy that you're feeling better and back on the podcast. But did you notice the amount of dunking people were doing on Aaron after the loss yesterday with all the, the CV jokes and this and that? Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of ridiculous, but that is either going to fuel him to either come back and prove all them wrong or he's going to walk away because he, he's not tired of hearing about that. It has nothing to do with his football ability or acumen nothing to do at all so I think it's gonna go one or two ways considering the strife that he took a year ago before all this nonsense Chad he everyone loved him he was universally respected as one of if not the NFL's best quarterback and now people are celebrating his defeat all because of a personal choice so one of two ways for him I, like. I don't know man seeing how he has comported himself since I'll just throw out there the controversy was came into the public arena um punching back through these sit-down podcasts on pat mcafee's show right. in his own way i don't know i don't think he's gonna go quietly into that good night i think he's gonna continue to play um although at a certain point it's like why do you continue you got more money than you'll ever need go enjoy the rest of your life whatever but hall of fame something yeah you're going to the hall of fame like but these guys, they have that fire, man. They've got that burning inside of them. Beto Garcia jumping in. What's good? He says, should the Broncos seriously start thinking about trading Bradley Chubb? And what could you get for him? Zach, what are your thoughts? Oh, God. What would you get for Bradley Chubb right now? Um, they'd be lucky to get a third-round pick, I feel like. Top, you know, Take away his draft pedigree, it's what have you done for me lately. And as the fifth overall pick, Chubb has been a massive bust. For the fifth overall pick, he should be Von Miller in his prime, wrecking games week in and week out. He's done anything but that. Tough injury luck, but not the dominant player I think the Broncos thought they were getting. And in hindsight, taking him over Josh Allen was a blight, I think, on Elway's resume. He, I think he has more value to the Broncos on the roster than he would for a measly third or fourth round pick. They're not going to trade him. They picked up his fifth year option. We just have to hope and pray he stays healthy and realizes that potential that he flashed as a rookie. And that's part of the uh, equation, by the way, is you, you go, well, look, bad luck on the injury front. Well, when you get back to what's his value, what could he command in a trade? That's another thing that's going to hurt his value is NFL teams don't so good. just like the Broncos, Zach. They don't know if Bradley Chubb, if they pay to acquire him through the nose, if he's going to be on the field come 
uh, mid-September. So for what it's worth, uh, Rob jumping in. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Bucks bomb. Ah, I like it. Play on words. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Come on. Come on, man. Josh Allen. He's incredible. And that's another thing that's so egregious about the passing of Broncos passing on Allen is this was a cat literally in Elway's backyard. And he, the Broncos had a lot of scouts um, up close and personal monitoring Josh Allen as a prospect at Wyoming. And uh, man, you got to believe he ruse that. And it, what's what, ironic about it is of all the giraffes and whatnot, Elway has drafted, with the exception of like Drew Locke. <laughs> it's the one he passed on. Josh Allen's the one that <laughs> yeah. freaking actually is the most like him. Yeah. In terms of the quarterback, definitely more of a bruising, you know, running back type guy than Elway ever was. But that arm and that big physical prowess, that athleticism, that I mean, it's very Elway-esque. They wanted Sam Darnold in that draft, though. So if he would have taken a quarterback, it would have been the wrong one in hindsight. And for the same reason he wouldn't have worked out in Denver is the same reason he's succeeding in Buffalo. Coaching. I hate to say it, but look at his first couple years and look what he's done since under the tutelage, under the wing of Brian Dayball. It makes all the difference. It turns decent into good and good into great, as far as I'm concerned. And why Brian Dayball was not even considered in Denver, I'll never understand. But Rob also wanted to know here, what are the thoughts on uh, the best right tackle in free agency? Pull him up. Let me see here. Offensive, let's go right tackle, update. All right. Let me just say, though, I I wouldn't mind bringing back Bobby Massey on a one-year deal. I don't think he was terrible. So a short-term contract, low guarantees, I'd be all for that, if if only for depth. Uh, All right, here you go. Right tackle. Trent Brown, Jermaine Afidi, Morgan Moses, Mike Remmers. I think I'm behind you barely. Watch this catch by Gabriel Davis. Watch this throw on the run. He got feet down, too. Wow. Allen drops back. Goes uh, I don't right. know if he had possession, but that's a hell Pointing. of a throw, hell of a catch. Boom, bam. Yeah. Looked like he was bobbling it. How nice it would be to have that playmaking ability <laughs> in Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got Pat Shermer instead. <laughs> uh, anyway, Morgan Moses, Massey, uh, Dennis Kelly, Tyneski, uh, or pardon me, how do you sp- how do you pronounce that dude's and, name? And Seki. In second, thank yeah. you. Uh, Josh Wells, Alex Kappa, Mitchell Schwartz. Um, that's that's your list of straight right tackles. Ooh, there's a couple names on that list I wouldn't mind bringing in. Dennis Kelly being one of them. Um, but it's pretty pretty underwhelming, Zach. Yeah, that's another has-been kind of list. And that's why I'm saying stop getting by on the retreads and everyone else's garbage. And I say that politely. Just get a blue-chip right tackle. doesn't have to be in the first round, but don't wait until the fifth or sixth or seventh round. Use one of your premium picks to shore up that spot and maybe bring back Bobby Massey as insurance. Travis Weber again. He says, for some reason, I feel Peyton will be looking at Cousins, Matty Ice, or even Marcus Mariota. I'm starting to think the Rodgers Wilson thing is going to be a far stretch. It's always been right. a far stretch. Right. Exactly. Uh for what it's worth, it's always been a, a stretch. I mean, teams are just very very reluctant to let future Hall of Fame dudes, proven franchise guys. I mean, why would Seattle want to suddenly make themselves the Broncos? You know, why do they want to suddenly rob themselves of the linchpin cornerstone uh position 
you know, and who knows how long that search will last you. I mean, look at Seattle, for example. They wandered the franchise quarterback wilderness. I mean, if you want to call Matt Hasselbeck a franchise quarterback, I'll 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 do it with you just for the sake of this. We want the ball, here. we're gonna win. Psych. <laughs> Psych. All right. I'll I'll go there with you just for the sake of this conversation. No, I can't, dude. I can't go there with you. He was a stopgap uh type guy. I Jim Zorn. Was Jim Zorn the last true franchise guy, maybe, that Seattle had under center? I mean, they wandered that desert a long time, and now they want to go and, in one fail swoop, put themselves right back in the middle of the Mojave? No, thank you. I don't see that. And with Green Bay, it's a little bit different, Zach, because there are these extenuating interpersonal uh, circumstances and grudges between the quarterback and the front and the, and the, and the team brass that could lead to that. But I haven't heard of any kind of real, you know, emotional beefs that exist between Russ Wilson and uh, John Schneider or anything like that. So I'm more inclined to see Aaron Rodgers hit the bricks than I would actually Russell Wilson, but we'll see. Yeah. I just think, and this is my own opinion. So, you know, feel free to trash it if you want. I, I don't think he's going to be the same Russ Wilson as we saw five years ago. I think his prime has passed and still a very good quarterback, but not worth giving up three first round picks for you brought up the Broncos in comparison. That's a great point. I want to tack on one more to that. I think they're going to be like the Broncos in the sense they run it back with the GM. They run it back with the head coach. They run it back with the quarterback for one more year. The incumbency. Sound familiar? What the Broncos went through this year. Doesn't work out. They rebuild, get rid of everyone. But uh, my money right now is on Russ coming back to Seattle. Manny, it's good to see you, my friend. Thank you for that. Super. He says, what have you guys heard about Rogers' leadership in the locker room and on the field? What I've heard is that the external. Wow. Uh, uh oh, Tyreek is just too good. The external view of Aaron Rodgers on the leadership front is vastly different than how he's actually viewed by his teammates. Um, and just like going back to what you brought up, Zach, with the uh controversy earlier this year relative to the virus, all that stuff, it was there was much more made about that from outside the building and how he sold he, he sold his teammates short and betrayed them and all this stuff, right, uh, than how those teammates themselves actually felt about uh, what happened. So uh, Rodgers' leadership has been questioned at times. I'm not going to pretend as if he's got some, uh, you know, bulletproof resume. There have been questions long predating, Zach, the um, virus era in the NFL, but uh, I think it's, a, it's much ado about nothing, and the Chiefs are set up on the freaking 16. Yeah, I used to work with uh, one of Rogers' brothers, Luke Rogers, 24-7. He was telling me some pretty nightmarish family stories and squabbles in that family. But, you know, on the field, it's all that matters. I really don't care about CV, all that nonsense. That was a media-made creation, a fan-flamed creation. On the football field, if he wins games and plays like an MVP, no one cares about that. Winning cures all, Chad, even CV, you know? They try to make a big deal about his toe. He takes off his sock and shows his toe. That right there proved how much of a fraud the entire storyline was. So, yeah, he's kind of a... How do I, how do I put it? Ornery guy or just a... I don't know, not the most voracious kind of personality but he's a, he's a winner he's a future hall of famer except in the playoffs lately but um i wouldn't i wouldn't uh, put too much emphasis on his leadership or lack thereof ron thank you for that super sticker my friend ron galicio 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 
appreciate that. Um, all right, we're at 46 minutes. Let me see what else is. Uh, Ooh, is that a fumble? Burning on y'all's mind here. Oh, they got it back anyway. Uh, before we dip on out. That was a fumble. Let me let me do this real quick, Zach, and then we'll 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 dip. There was a new development here on the ownership front that I'm not sure everyone has been apprised of. Um, let me pull this up. This is an article. Someone said, "Oh no, Melvin," because they fumbled. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so we've mentioned Robert F. Smith, the Colorado native billionaire. Uh, what a stupid play call. Sorry that uh, he is kind of always been a no-brainer when you think about, oh, if the Broncos do sell, hey, how about Robert F. Smith? Well, we, for the first time, Zach, have any reporting whatsoever on a connection between Robert F. Smith. Now, this is from Front Office Sports, who said, news, billionaire Robert F. Smith has emerged as a potential bidder for the Denver Broncos. The Denver native is one of the country's richest individuals and could become the NFL's first black majority owner. Close quote. So, Zach, it sounds like Robert F. Smith is in one of these six groups, I think it is, six that are going to ultimately bid on the Broncos. This is probably going to be your next owner, and I believe he's the wealthiest African-American in the U.S. I might be wrong about that, but he has the cash. I mean, literally on hand, liquid, to buy the Broncos outright. He doesn't need ownership groups. He doesn't need other people's money and finances. He can do it himself. So if he's interested and he wants it, I mean, $86 billion in assets, that's crazy. So um, that very well could be the next owner of the Broncos. And one thing about Denver, the organization, they're very progressive in terms of, you know, the, the culture wise and, and socially, you know, socioeconomic wise, they are always at the forefront. So making him a, a, a black owner, I feel like would be in their interests. It'd be a great story, man. Uh, not only the first black owner in uh, NFL, history but also being the colorado denver native like be rad to see that it'll be cool uh but first the broncos have fish to fry zach they got to hire that head coach yeah he doesn't have also the warts as far as we know of like a bezos or elon musk or any of these other potential bidders he's pretty uh solid from a candidate's point of view all right let me see one last thing here this is the last thing I want to grab since Ron dropped that super sticker. Which head coach candidate has the propensity for grooming quarterbacks? Um, if we're looking at the guys that we know have been interviewed, it's Hackett, I guess, Eric B. Enemy, Kellen Moore. I don't know if you would consider Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, one of those guys, but neither was Zach Taylor but it was that association with and what they learned from Sean McVay that, uh, you know, made them game changers. Uh, and then I'm missing one. There's one other offensive guy. Oh, Callahan, Brian, uh, Brian Callahan. So which has the best propensity? I still think Hackett em embodies all those different factors in a more dynamic, present way. And just the fact, Zach, what he did with Blake Bortles, I mean, Kellen Moore has had Dak, and you could give him some credit for Dak, I guess. Um, O'Connell went from uh, went from uh, Jared Goff to Matt Stafford. 
Uh, Brian Callahan, that's a real skin on the wall with what's going on with Joe Burrow, but he's a number one overall pick. How much credit you want to give him for that is up for debate, but I still think Hackett rises above with having done the most less relative to grooming quarterbacks. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And what I like about Callahan and O'Connell, even if they don't call plays, they're involved heavily in the weekly game planning, the scripting, the just the nuts and the bolts of what the team's going to do on offense. So even if they aren't calling the plays, uh, they are involved with every other process, and that would be the final, I guess, uh, responsibility they would bear. But even Rodgers has credited both Luke Getze and Nathaniel Hackett with his own development, so that would be my default pick as well. All right, guys, we're going to call it uh, a little bit early tonight with the Chiefs up by five points. Just kicked it back off to the Bills with just under nine minutes to go. So let's all keep our fingers crossed that Josh Allen can, uh, you know, build his legend. This is where it starts right here for Josh Allen. If he can find a way to knock off the Chiefs at home in the divisional round, that's a good way to get uh, get that legend growing. But Zach, great to be back. Thanks for yes, holding sir. it down. Shout out to Scott for helping hold it down while I was uh, away. And it's great to see everybody. I'll I'll pull up Facebook if you want to go through the rundown. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have to get a uh, three-way pod going one day. Uh, PG, three-way. Uh, just us three on the same screen at the same time. I think the fans would want that. But we, this was the Huddle Up podcast. We should probably like create a segment. Where we yeah. get uh, we get Scott on the horn. We'll we'll th- we'll do some creative brainstorming. Yeah, he's gonna be at the Senior Bowl, so we'll get him on the pod for sure when he's there. But that was the Huddle Up Pod for tonight. Be sure to follow us on Twitter until we see you guys next time, which is tomorrow at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, coaching rumors, updates, and information at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout. Kennedy. If you haven't, guys, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a comfortable beanie. Get yourself a hat like Chad's wearing. A lot of goodies right now. Huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Also, facebook.com slash Huddle. We had a brand new episode earlier today of Kelberman's Corner. We had Broncos Book Club return. We have Trickle Zone each and every week. Five bucks a month. Hit that big blue button. Subscribe now. I promise you it's very well worth it. And facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. And if you haven't, Go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win beanie hat shirt each and every month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things. It take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. So Facebook's not working right now to, to show all the names. So, uh, oh, Dale, 11th wow. hour. Great to see you, my friend. Thank you for that very, very generous super chat as the bills just move the chains you the man dude you the man he says an exciting off season last year before the virus shut things down again we were speaking about a draft gathering in vegas hope it gets revived yeah it's definitely gonna be revived so long as we continue to have favorable developments on that front and nothing is shut down uh trust on that we will be uh announcing some stuff here very very soon we look forward to it yeah, we're hoping to do a couple, you know, multiple uh, meet and greets and tailgates this year. So uh, stay tuned for sure. But yeah, the plan was to uh, rent a, a conference room at the hotel, the casino. We had everything uh, set up to hang out, you know, similar to what we did at the uh, tailgate this year, uh, week three. And so we'll be looking into doing that again. Um, but just a different setting, right? It won't be outside of a game. It'll be outside the draft. It'll be fun. 
But yes, Dale, look for an announcement on that front in the very, very near future, my friend. And thank you for that super. We're pulling up uh, Facebook. It's not working. Oh, okay. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the Huddle Up Pod tonight. We'll be back on tomorrow night, same time, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Is Broncos for breakfast tomorrow morning? I can't. Yes, it is. Broncos for breakfast in the morning. Be sure to check that out with Scott and Nick. And until we see you guys next time, take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.